Welcome back to Cairo Nights. That's right, folks. He's playing our song. <laughs> yep, this is my wife and I's song. That's how lucky I am. <laughs> Who says this isn't a romance song, right? <laughs> Although I was talking to somebody. Oh, um, I was talking about my friend Bob Rivers. By the way, Matt Markovich is with us. Matt, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. I was talking to Bob Rivers last night, and he went to a to a daddy-daughter dance. He's a grandfather now, right? And he was visiting his kids in California, his older son, Keith, and has two daughters. I think they're eight and five. And Keith and his daughters both went to a daddy-daughter dance. And Bob tagged along, went with him to see his granddaughters and his son. That's what a wonderful memory. And the kids were dancing to, to different songs. And when that song came on, the little kids were bouncing around and dancing. Eight-year-olds. And I'm thinking, you know, she was a fast machine. She kept her motor clean. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that that's appropriate for the daddy-daughter dance. California's a little different, I guess. Yeah, but how many eight-year-olds actually knew that? <laughs> yeah, they, knew the no, language. Right, knew the just, lyrics. You took me on, That's all they cared about, yeah. ACDC, that's what I learned in, in science class. The ACDC? <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, so Olympia is your beat. What is it this week? What's the what's the law du jour that's got your interest? Oh, there's a couple of them. You know, I put out that list. But you know, it's Valentine's Day. I have to tell you a Matt story about oh, please, how, please. You know, how I met my wife. That's oh, worth a while. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. I, that yeah, was so you, thoughtless you know, of me. Yeah. So, you know, it, it continues on with those stories I was telling you like a couple of weeks ago about how I would do these movie junkets and get free airline tickets. And I was flying all over the world on on how to use that scam in a way. It wasn't a scam, but it was just it's very, a perk. Yeah, it's, it's a, a perk, perk, and yeah. I learned how to how to to maximize it. So, um, I was flying in the Caribbean, and I was doing these windjammer cruises, these tall ship cruises in the Caribbean, and I went on a singles cruise, and I saw, you know, I I I went on the week before because the singles cruises were always sold out, but I had done this before, and I knew that, you know, if I stay an extra week and plan on it, that, that I might be able to, somebody may cancel, like you get on this boat where there's only 70 passengers, but they're about 55 crew. These are those tall ships, you know, with the four, Beautiful. Yeah. The four masted staysail schooners. Um, and so I was able to hold over a week, partied with the crew over the weekend. I was the only passenger on board and, you know, la, la, la. And so I, <clears throat> on the singles cruise, you know, it's, uh, they they call the sixth deck on a boat the sex deck. Okay. S-E-X-T, but everyone pronounces the sex deck. And on a singles cruise, let me just tell you, it lived up to its name. So anyway, I uh, I saw a woman get on board the ship. And the porter uh, knew me, and he says, you know, Matt, uh, you know, this is a singles cruise, so we have an icebreaker thing here. Everyone gets a playing card, and what's your playing card? And you have to go find someone that matches your playing card, like a deck, okay, kind of a deck okay. of cards. And so, like, I had the ten of heart, ten hearts. <clears throat> and he goes, hey, uh, which girl you like? And as they're coming on board, I said, well, I kind of like that one. I'm looking through a porthole. I've been, you know, kind of... Having a lot of captain's rum all weekend. You <laughs> okay, know. with the crew. Yeah, you know, ingratiated crew. yourself. And so I got to another party. He goes, "Yeah, I'm going to escort her personally." So this is the head steward, and so he takes her down and he asks her, "What's her playing card?" 
And she said, you know, three of clubs. And I think mine was a 10 of hearts. And, and she comes back and tells me that. So we're up there on the, on the sex deck having drinks and stuff like that. It's a sundowner. And I saw her and I came up to her. And the first thing I ever said to her was, I bet you have the three of clubs. And I walked away. That was it. And she's like, who the heck is this guy? And that night I got to know her and she was like, how does this guy know? And he just always said I was just insider information right off the bat. Long story short, it's a week-long cruise. It's a party. The cap every week they have on the singles cruise, they have a wedding. And the captain puts on this whole outfit, the Reverend Heineken Pilsner. That's what he goes by. <laughs> and the, there is a there is a bachelor's party and a bank and the 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 activities mate picked the two of us because quote we were the most loyal so far after four days. <laughs> okay, I like and it. So we had this big wedding, and a captain of the boat actually married us after four days. I still have the aluminum foil rings that I made, <laughs> and. And uh, we parted ways. She lived in Memphis. I lived in Seattle. I was able to commute. Da-da. Two years later, we get married. A year later, everything in a week. My two years after that, my first our, our son was born. All within the same week of July, and that's how I met my wife. It was meant to be, right? I mean, you got a little insider info. You, you got the you got the pick of the cruise. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I mean, so proud of you for doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's that's wonderful. So now, that's how that's how I met my wife. How on long a singles you, cruise? How long and, have you guys been together? Uh, this is our 25th year. Oh, congratulations! congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So what is the, what is the key from Matt Markovich? The, I think the key the to a key, happy relationship, keeping it together. Well, you know, we both got married late, so we had experience other people and i think i if i had to say a key is you know you you sometimes when you get married late you have an amalgamation of what you a person you want to marry and then you realize that person doesn't really exist all the people that you've dated maybe in the past right and then at a point i i hate to say it it was kind of and she knows this this i kind of had that forrest gump in the moment where i was saying like okay i'm gonna turn around and I'm, i'm gonna get married and it worked out that we i met her and we can, we were totally cool, and we're still totally cool. We have two great kids, and and we're going strong. So I think it was just your expectations of your spouse. Um, it, when you get older, you have more of a a, a companionship. It's okay. more it's more it's loving companionship, and and I think when I was in my twenties, I would never have picked somebody like that. And that's way uh, that's that would that'd be my secret. More substance over flash. More steak, less sizzle. Well, she's got a lot of steak and sizzle, so <laughs> I'm not I'm not unhappy there. I hear you, brother. Well, I'm I'm very happy for you guys. Congratulations, that is fantastic. So uh, there's our Valentine's stories, but now we could talk politics. How about that? Oh, I hate so. politics. Let's talk about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me what's what's. What's getting good traction down there? Well, you know, I you know, you probably heard the newscast there, and that was a story I did just did today where I thought that was really interesting. It's a novel way to kind of start cutting back on kids who appear in videos of their parents online and they're out there on TikTok, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and they start getting monetized YouTube to a point where they're actually making money. And and the kids 
in these videos, a lot of them, according to people who testified, have no say-so in the matter. You heard uh, there was a person who, and this is maybe too serious right now, all of a sudden going from what I just said, but there was a woman who testified that, you know, she, when she was nine years old, her mom made a big video about her her first period. And then when she was 13, she got in a car accident. Her mom filmed her while she was, and her mom started making money off that. And it was embarrassing for her. And so there's this bill that's kind of like a two-pronged bill now where if if parents are going to drag their kids into these social media videos or online videos where YouTube where you can make money, that they should get paid for that. And how it works would be this. If the, if the kid is a minor and it's their parents that are putting them in these videos – and the parent starts making money and let's say a, a, like a minimum of like a 10 cents a download or a view they get, uh, they're eligible for 30% of the money they'll get from that social media video or YouTube video. And that money then goes into an escrow account that they have to set up. And when the kid turns 18, then that money goes to the child. And the child can then go say, all those videos you just put up for me, Mom, I want them all taken down. Um, okay. And it's kind of a novel thing about uh, about using kids and protecting their privacy in a very novel way. Now, do I think it's going to pass? No, because there's a lot – the bill was simply written – there's a lot of expectations, I think, with uh, a parent or a child who wants to go to a social media platform like Facebook or Instagram, these huge conglomerates, and ask them to take their stuff down uh, all over the place when the mom put it up. You know, it wasn't the child who put it up on, on Facebook. So there's a lot of ramifications on how to do that, which the bill does not address. But I thought it was a novel idea. So is, is the intent to keep parents from exploiting their kids yes. or, or to just compensate the kids if they are exploited? Both. Okay. It's both. Uh, to prevent the kids, I don't know how they're going to police it. Right. That was my I, next question. How do you I – mean, is is you know, you, what kind of money are we talking about? Well, we're not talking much. There's some certain parameters. They're, not, they're going after like um, these professional bloggers who – you know, I, I can think of actually follow certain families, and I think they're really creative in what they do, and they have their kids in them. Um, but the parents are making money. That's their business. Well, I mean, are they making six-figure incomes doing yeah, this? Yeah, they're More? making good money. Seven-figure good... incomes? Some well, of them? I, no, not quite. I don't think so. I mean, you know, I, I, when I was doing all the tech reporting, and this is kind of – this is a couple of years old, this, this, this number I'm going to throw out at you – but I learned that the average person who puts up a YouTube video earns $14 from YouTube per 1,000 views. Wow. So start – you can do the math on that. Now, if you make a – if you make an automotive video where you're learning how to show how to fix a car and here's install a clutch and it's well done, those videos actually get more per 1,000 because they're seeking out a certain audience. YouTube can put up a car ad or right, a, right. You know, a car parts to store ad or something like that. So those, those kind of uh, videos are really popular, and you earn more money. But if you're out there just vlogging on your travel, here I am in Mexico with my family, you know, there's no particular interest in that, then the dollar value goes down. Um, because there's no sponsor who everyone puts their vacation videos out. You have right. to be really good 
to or start earning some money. So it's not a big industry business. You can't make a lot of money, but there are people who are making six figures. Um, and some of them on the backs of their kids, as you yeah, said. That's... Right. And they're doing it on the backs of their kids. Um, and, and so this is a way to prevent that exploitation. Plus, if you're going to use get on the backs of your kids, a way the kids have some control over their image when they turn uh, 18, become an adult legally, and they have some money that they can get from mom and dad that they're supposed to store away. And also then they can say, hey, pull down every video you ever made of me. I'm too embarrassed because right. you put, you know. Ownership put, of their of their image, of their that's reputation. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's, it's a novel approach. I thought that was kind of interesting. So that's why that's one bill I thought that was just kind of interesting. It's not one of those big breaking bills. We're talking about drugs, illegal drugs and BAC levels while you're driving. This is kind of what I thought was just interesting. It's funny, though. I know bills, if they don't make it, they're often re- reintroduced in, in another year with some tweaks and some changes that kept it from being and, successful. So this and, may be the it, first time we see this, but this could be something that does eventually happen. Yeah, and how it works is that when you have an idea like this is that you introduce it. If you think it's not going to go get past this year, you introduce it in an in an off year. So right, right, right now we're in a 105-day session in Olympia. And normally in other times it's known as a short session so it's 60 days if you introduce a bill in the 60 day session and it doesn't go anywhere and you reintroduce it like this year which is a 105 day session you're more apt to get it passed because it's had one year of cooking and it can get refined but if you introduce a bill this year with a 105 day session and it doesn't get out of committee it doesn't it dies and it gets reintroduced next year uh, during the short session and then dies, it almost dies permanently at that wow. point. So it's like, you know, when you, when you throw in the pizza, you know, into the oven, you want to, if you really want to bake it, you yeah. want to throw it in <laughs> right. last year and have a chance for it to pass and cook this year. Interesting. What else is going on down there? How's, how's the jaywalking bill coming along? The jaywalking bill is there. Uh, I don't know, you know, it's going to be passed out of a committee yet. So a big thing with, the legislature is this Friday. It's a huge day. If you've presented a bill, just like what we talked about, jaywalking, and it doesn't pass out of their respective committees in the House or the Senate, or it just needs to pass one either in the House or Senate, then it's dead. It's gone. It's not going to happen at all this year. So everybody's scrambling to throw their ideas up on the board. And there's some key bills that are still waiting to be be passed out of committee. Most importantly is this pursuit bill that we've talked about, which totally died in the Senate because the chairman of the committee didn't even give it a hearing. Right, blocked it from even hearing. That's right. On on the House side, it did get a hearing, and then behind the scenes, there's a lot of modification. It's got Republicans and Democratic support. And they're working behind the scenes. And this Thursday, there's what's known as an executive session vote on it. And if it doesn't pass out of that committee, then it's dead on both sides. And we have no change in the pursuit bill, which is what both sides had promised there would be some sort of fix to it. And we're basically going to have this study about whether or not we should have a pursuit bill, You know whether police can go after uh, people for a reasonable suspicion. That's a technical term. Um, it's a, a lower standard to go ahead and chase somebody. So if, if it does pass the, the House, it, does the Senate then have to take a hearing on it? That's a great question. Yes, they ha- it's good. it flies over to the House, but 
that senator that blocked the almost the same version, it has to go through her committee. And if it doesn't go, if she says, no, nah, I'm not going to hear it, then it's dead. Wow. So that's the power of a chairmanship in the House and Senate. So with Matt Markovich from Cairo News Radio, can you stay for another break after that? Absolutely. Yes. Great. Come back. We'll talk about a few more things down Olympia. It's uh, Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. Cairo Nights, Valentine's Day edition. Right now, the man who loves local government. Cairo News Radio's Matt Markovich. Well, it pays my bills. <laughs> you love you love giving us the skinny on Olympia. Yeah. So, hey, can we touch base on a couple of things that we talked about in previous segments? Um, sure. How's the, uh, how's the man- human-powered paddleboard kayak permit thing going? Again, it's got a hearing on both the House and the Senate, and that's where it sits. It hasn't been uh, approved out of executive committee. It hasn't left the committee yet. So it's in play, and they have until Friday to move it out of committee. So that's where that one stands. I got that whole list I sent to Matt. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's a fantastic list. Uh, Everybody's you know, on Kind it. of the odds and ends. You know, the, the thing that was new today was they talked about a bill that would ban homeless encampments within a thousand feet of a school again uh an an idea that i think will probably die but it's a an idea that they just want to basically is pushed by republicans again republicans are in the minority here so uh, if every republican voted on a committee they would still lose if all the democrats vote the other way uh so this is a thousand feet of a school that was something that was heard today um we have um Oh, yeah, the red light, the traffic cameras. How about that? That's a new one where, you know, we've been, well, I shouldn't say sold, but 16 years ago, 17 years ago, when the legislature passed the ability for cities and counties to have red light cameras for traffic safety purposes only, you know, to catch you running a red light and giving you a ticket. Uh, that was the purpose of these things. Well, a lot of them have gotten uh, – they're getting really good. They have high resolution now. And this, in, So now there's a bill that would allow all electronic cameras that are faced at the roads, and we're talking uh, the toll cameras on bridges, uh, the cameras along the, on the sides of buses at school stops, you know, if you're going to run that, or and the red light cameras. Traffic cameras in general that were never intended – supposedly to be used for law enforcement purposes can now be used for law enforcement purposes. Never in this state has a traffic camera been used in a criminal court case. Um, they've only can be used in a traffic case where if you want to challenge, you didn't run that red light. And so now they want to open this up to law enforcement. Law enforcement has been asking for this. Uh, and I think the main argument here is that how much privacy are you going to give up? You know, we know that China and London and like Singapore, there's cameras everywhere and they use those cameras for tracking movements of people and for law enforcement purposes. It's never been used in this state. So sounds like a good idea to allow, allow law enforcement to use these cameras and they can't willy nilly just go into like the 
the state offices and say, hey, can you turn that camera on or show me the tape of this intersection? I'm going to just look for a crime. They can't do that. They have to go get a, a, a search warrant from a judge who has to say, it's okay, you're going to go after some specific person right. who crossed this intersection. They have to have some intent, and then they can go look at that, and if they find uh, video evidence of a crime or part of a case then that video and the, those those shots of those cameras can now be used in a criminal court case going forward that's never happened before so what do you think about that i mean do you think it's a, it's a it's there well I, I i think that's i can't argue against this i mean you're talking about helping law enforcement community solve crimes you're talking about requiring a judge to give a warrant which means you've shown probable cause it's not just a fishing expedition, as folks always like to throw out there as a slippery slope. They're not just going to watch every day and wait till somebody screws up and commit and charge them with a crime. I, I'm curious about the facial recognition aspect mm-hmm. of these cameras. I remember when we were talking about cameras in, in construction zones, they were talking about planting these things down at face level so you can actually see the person driving the vehicle. But you can't use that right now. That right. Was, that's the problem here. And then we, I think you and I talked about the ability, how do you get out of a ticket? Because uh, you have the affidavit on the back of these red light camera tickets. And if you just say, hey, it wasn't my car, you submit perjury in a way, you, fill, you send it in. Uh, there's nothing they're going to do to follow up on that because the camera has the, t- the ability to see who's driving. But the law says, nope, we're just looking at the car and the license plate. And based on that, we're going to give you a red light ticket. Uh, now they have that ability. Will that be the next step? Now that they can get a warrant, maybe if this passes to, for law enforcement to to look for something that went on in an intersection and find that person who might be dealing drugs in that corner. I'm just Ooh. making this up. No, I hear you. Um, they, they also have the ability to see who's actually running that red light. Will that be the next step? Would, would that require more cameras, though? With a, with no, a fa- no, I mean, I mean, I they, think the cameras. The idea is that these cameras have high resolution. Look, I mean, I got, I've gotten red light tickets, and when you get a ticket, they always give you an email, a link to the actual video, so you can see yourself running that red light. Yeah, but it's always the back of my car. It's not my face. Well, and it's or the front of the car, you know. Oh. But yeah, but but that's that's only because. <laughs> well, it's like. It's like a, a satellite. You know, you hear about these satellites. We're, we're shooting on these balloons or whatever. But right. you hear about these satellites, these these military satellites. They can zoom down to the size of a of a refrigerator from space. So, but you never see that. They never release those kind of shots in the public. They show a wider shot of your house. You know that kind of a thing. right. Uh, same with these cameras. They have the ability to zoom into your get a shot of your face and identify you. That's the whole purpose of why you want to have these cameras available to law enforcement so they can see who's behind the car or who's on the corner walking across the street or committing a crime. Well, if, if they've already got these high-tech abilities to see every, all of us, what are we really losing in the way of privacy if we give law enforcement the ability to use these, use this information to solve crimes? Well, I mean, I'm not. Gonna, I'm arguing uh, just to argue for uh, behalf of uh, opposing what well, you're saying. Yeah, not, yeah. not, not yeah. personal opinion here, but you know, the argument is it's incremental steps to a, a surveillance state. You know that that's what we could allow it to happen. That that's what people are afraid of. Well, that, and also has... that you broke the promise to the voters t- 16 years ago that these cameras were only going to be used for safety purposes, and now you're actually using for for to get you know the idea is to catch criminals but they could be used for other purposes because the the technologies has improved 
Well, there's this is such an odd notion to me in the modern age. What does privacy even mean when people are carrying around cameras in their hands? Everybody practically has a camera that they can turn on anybody in public at pretty much any time. And we can be tracked every step we take throughout the day, everywhere we are. Correct. The, the, the fundamental difference with that argument versus what we're talking about here is that these are taxpayer-funded cameras. You know, that's your own personal camera. You can do right. what you want. You know, the, or the ring cameras that may be on a business who catches a crime. You know, the owner of that business owns that ring camera that caught the video of that crime and can give it to police. They own that video. The taxpayer owns all these videos. So as a taxpayer, as a society that pays taxes, that pays for these things, do we want to have that video available to law enforcement? And, and people are saying, you know, we get the idea, but we just don't like the idea of that the, the publicly we can get all this and start surveying people. So you no, I, I, hear you. Yeah, oh, I absolutely hear the argument. I, and I don't mean to be so dismissive of our personal privacy and our civil liberties. And as I know how dangerous that can be, given that power into the wrong hands. I totally get that. But isn't it inevitable? Doesn't it seem that we're just putting off what's inevitably going to become even higher resolution, more technology, better surveillance? They they won't need our permission to see everything we do from space sooner or later. So why why in the interim drag our feet, hold on to this illusion of privacy and keep criminals from getting caught? Well, then, then you would be supportive of this bill, and a lot of there's a lot of support behind I'm, it. I'm just trying to win back the the conservative listenership that I've driven away for the last seven months. <laughs> I, I know the they're they're question, empty empty attempts. I know the broader question is in 2023, how do you even define privacy? Is it the privacy in your own home? Because do you have a reasonable expectation of public privacy at all in modern times? I would argue you don't, but that's just me. Well, there was well, a story. There was a story recently where you know uh, someone had a a flag inside their living room that could be seen from the street through a window and and they weren't they didn't have the right to the privacy of inside their own home the the the, the flag it was a i don't know if it was a nazi flag or something like that it maybe it might have been a black lives matter flag that an, it sort of was it was a black lives matter flag inside a living room and an hoa said i can see that from the street when i look through your living room window and it offends us i'm going to change the subject here if that's okay quickly. no please please yeah this is one I haven't even talked about on any other show, so you get the first one. This is when you get when a someone's driving a pickup truck or a sports utility vehicle, and they get a traffic infraction, they're charged twenty to hundred dollars more than the normal car. You ask, well, why is that? Because SUVs and pickup trucks, if they were to hit people or cause a collision, just by the size of the vehicle, they would do more damage and possibly kill somebody because of the size. Therefore, if you drive one of these pickup trucks and sport utility vehicles, you should be aware that if you do get into a traffic uh, get a traffic infraction, it's going to cost you more because you you should have more responsibility because you're owning a bigger and heavier car. So it, how about it, that one? It's, it's HB 1674. That's correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's if you drive a if you drive a monster truck, tickets are more expensive because you have the potential to do more damage with it. Yes. Wow. Don't ask me. I, I, I hate to say it. I don't know where that's going, but it did get a hearing, which means it's in play. But I thought that was a new one. So. No, no kidding. Well, that, that would be like, you know, um, charging more for the permit of a 
a high capacity weapon as opposed to a smaller gun because it exactly. can do more damage. Yeah, that's uh, the Boy, same thinking. Yeah, you know, you freedom fighters, you're not going to like any of these, not even a little bit, not even for a minute. Matt, hey, great job, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Anytime. You know All right. That. You appreciate it. You can hear Matt Markovich pretty much around the clock. I, I, I was trying to become the hardest working guy at Cairo. I'm not even close to Matt Markovich. can be heard on basically every show we do because you bring such an expertise of what's going on in Olympia and you make it available to all of our audiences around the clock. Thank you so much. It's Kyra Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. song by the way the Beach Boys Brian Wilson maybe the best song he ever wrote and it's the end of one, what I think is one of the greatest holiday movies ever I know Lisa Brooks hates the movie Love Actually and I'm, I'm just I'm amazed but hey different strokes for different folks right because it's Valentine's Day if you can't be with the one you love love the one you're with right? Yeah. also the theme song to Big Love oh that's right at least right. for, the, for the, all but the last season. What That was an amazing television show. It was an HBO series, right? Right. HBO. And Bill Paxton. Yep. And, oh, Chloe Savini was in that show. And I forget the, oh, um, bum, bum, bum. I can see the lovely actress actresses who were in that camera. There's Jennifer Goodwin, I think. And... The oldest of the three wives of the Mormon love family. Jeannie Triplehorn. Jeannie Triplehorn, that's right, yeah. Uh, and if you ever never saw Big Love, I, I'm sure it's out there nowadays. You can, I'm not sure, where do, you, where do you find former HBO series that are no longer I imagine HBO. you find them on HBO Max, HBO right? Max, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, a, a, a family of Mormons, a guy with three wives who lived side by side by side in three houses. And he literally had to... A communal three three family backyard, and this guy had to, you know, spread his time evenly amongst his three wives. Not for the faint of heart, by any means. Yeah, or, or, lazy. yeah, yeah. Seriously, I think the show was was sponsored by Viagra, and that was a, that was a part of the storyline. That was part of the plot. Yeah, twist. totally. Yeah. It was really really great, man. Oh. Lots of people. Uh, texting the show tonight, 888-973-5476. And we've got a lot of your uh, your favorite love songs, you know, your song for you and your significant other that you shared with us. We appreciate that. Um, but when Matt Markovich comes on and starts talking about what Olympia is contemplating for you, the citizen of Washington, what laws they're talking about putting on the books this year, you know, with the way of uh, allowing cameras to be used in criminal cases, uh, and used against people in a court of law. Texter points out, what about the deep fake technology that is progressing so quickly? How can they admit, uh, allow any photograph or video to be used in court these days when you can't verify whether or not something's been altered? Our technology is getting so good, it's going to be the point where you can't be trusted to use it against us. 
Another texter points out you guys are so quick to give up your freedoms. We're not suggesting or, or, or backing these laws. It's I, more I, asking the question, what does privacy mean yeah. in this era as opposed to previous eras? Because technology changes things so dramatically. It's a philosophical question. Well, and it's been that way for – it. it's funny how when the telephone was a modern a piece of modern technology, you know, and does the government have the right to listen into your phone? You know, what, what privacy do we have? And then, then the internet. You know, what privacy do we have? And Matt, you're right. We give up so much. We sell our information. We trade our information for free views of a website or of a video stream. You know, we're happy to give our information up to get free access to this, to not have to pay to see the service. You know, and all this information is being collected and used to market to us. Heck, I have cases of Red Bull at home, and I gave up my personal info for a free Red Bull coupon last week. <laughs> that's that's how much we like free. We love free. We do. We will trade our time and our information for free stuff. We really will. You'll sit through forty five seconds worth of pre roll, just to not have to pay thirteen bucks a month to get a service, the same service without the information. Oh, a texture says, you know, one wife is too much for me. How can anybody have three? Uh, 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 everybody who, uh, if you ever felt like your spouse was needy, watch Big Love. You will feel great about your one-on-one relationship. It's like saying if you think your kids are brats, watch Super Nanny. Your kids are angels. If you think your house is messy, watch Hoarders. You live in a palace. If you think being married to one person sometimes can be too much, then I suggest watching Big Love, especially on Valentine's Day. Right? Uh some of the songs people mentioned too were just fantastic. Three times the lady, baby come back, you know, just some some awesome love songs. Dream a little dream with me, mamas and the papas. Uh, you first believe by Hoku. Married 19 years this year. Congratulations, three six zero. Good on you, man. We will be right back. It's Cairo Nights. I'm spiking you along with Matt Butler. Hey, coming up, you don't know, want to talk about next is is romance movies, love movies, the movies that make your heart just swell up. We'll be right back.